Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Atlas Avenue Beat Season 3 recap episode because here at Seven Lamb, we love our recaps. We recap. We recap. Hard. Everything we can. If we could, we would recap every single episode, but we're not going to do that because that's a little too much. This episode probably looks long. That's because we recap the recap after we after, do this. After that. After that. It's, just, so. it's like uh, Inception. <laughs> uh, my name is Robert Lamb. I'm writer and uh, sometimes a voice uh, in... Uh, well, I'm the voice of Joey, so that yeah. counts. And uh, with me is Jack Austin. Hey, everybody. Voice of Locke and several other characters. Voice but, of but James mostly Locke. Locke. Mostly Locke. Yeah. He's the main character. I would say he's probably the main character. <laughs> That's just me. That's just me. I don't know how you feel, but I think James Locke is the main character. I think character. he's a good supporting character. All right, if you say so. <laughs> uh, so what we did, I don't know if we did it for Atlas Avenue Beat Season 2, but we did do this for other shows like Tower 4 mm-hmm. and I believe End of All Hope. We did this, but we didn't do it to the depth and detail that we're doing it today. Yeah, so this one, well... And I'm going to explain why that is later on. But uh, basically, Jack here uh, is going to read out the basically the whole story. So there's spoilers ahead, yeah. obviously. So if you haven't listened to season three or really any of Atlas, I would be go back and listen to episode one and start there. This Don't is start longer with season than three recap. most of the scripts I have to read. Yeah, it's a lot. So, you know, just go through it quickly. It's it's just more of like catching people up. So that way, when season four comes out, you can just listen to the first whatever five, ten minutes of this episode. So you can get caught up on what's going on with Locke and all those other crazy characters at Kenneth Heights. Yeah. All right, so you ready, Jack? Because the story is going to continue from here, I think. Yeah, so also, if you are not interested, since you just finished listening to the show <laughs> and you don't want to hear the whole recap episode or yeah. the whole recap of the story so far, uh, just skip ahead, like, I don't know, like 10 minutes or something. Yeah. It, All right. Maybe 10 minutes. We'll see. But we'll go see. ahead. Yeah, you, if you know you've gone too far, you'll know you've gone too far. You'll know when we're, like, recapping, like, specific scenes and stuff. All right. I, I was going to do the Locke voice, but it is a lot to read. Yeah, that might be too much. The story begins with an epic fight scene where Locke is in a shootout with Johnny Morocco, who has Edith hostage. She declares her love for Paul, and right after Locke kills Morocco, a giant ham sandwich appears and plans to attack. Does this sound weird? Good, because it's a dream. Paul's dream. Everyone's actually at a diner, hanging out and catching up. And by everyone, I mean Locke, Paul, Edith, and Joey. It's been about six months since, Ju- since Julianne Good was locked away. Luke has been, Locke has been pretty busy as cases keep coming in. Christmas is coming up. People are in the holiday spirit, kind of. Locke mentions how him and Jane aren't a thing anymore because she turned out to be a guy. So, once again, he's single. But Paul and Bethany and, are dating, and Edith and Joey are dating, too. When Locke goes back to the office, he finds that Arthur's broken in and has been sitting waiting to talk to Locke. He's angry that he wasn't invited to the hangout, and he wants to be besties with Locke. Soon after, a woman by the name of Miss Rose arrives. She has a case for Locke, but Locke has already taken on a big case about a big about a missing gold hawk statue. Regardless, he goes to Miss Rose to meet a random person who he believes may be Angela Diamond from season one, but it turns out it's actually the she-devil, Locke's ex-wife. After vomiting a bunch, <laughs> after vomiting a bunch, Locke and Lauren play catch up and chat about their lives post breakup. Lauren's married to a coat salesman named Donald Wright, which she makes her, which makes her Mrs. Wright. When Locke gets home, he steps on a Lego and finds out that Paul is still friends with an underage Timmy, with the underage Timmy. 
which is weird, and Locke wants them to stop hanging out, but Timmy gives Locke some good advice about relationships, even if the advice was really just a story from Home Alone 2. <laughs> yeah. Locke gets back to the case at hand and heads to the Kenneth Heights Museum of Art, Wonder, Mystery, and Zaniness. He meets with the curator, Adam Curator, to find the gold hawk sculpture. A prized possession was stolen. Before Locke... Sorry, let me read that sentence again. The cadence was off. Yeah. Uh, he meets with the curator, Adam Curator, to find out the Gold Hawk statue, a prized possession, was stolen. Before Locke decides to fully involve himself with the case, he asks the curator if he could smash a very particular vase as part of his payment. The vase is similar to the one he and the She-Devil owned many years ago. Seeing it makes the anger flow through him. Curator agrees, and Locke takes on the case. Locke interviews all the museum staff before visiting his friend Felix Berner. A note was left after the sculpture was taken, and Locke gets handwriting samples from all the staff and brings them to Berner, who's a handwriting expert. There's a match, Joel M. Ugart. But before Locke can reach Ugart to question him again, Ugart is killed by Andrew Wiseman, although Locke doesn't know that. Upset because Locke just lost his head, he heads back to the office. Wait, did I read that right? I did. Did you? Uh, I don't There might be a spelling mistake, This is too. my first time reading this. Right, right, right. Edith informs him that the she-devil was there and invited Mr. Locke and Edith out to dinner. Locke doesn't want to go, but Edith actually likes the she-devil, whose real name is Lauren. So Edith, Locke, Donald, and Lauren go out to eat. But there's still a lot of tension between Locke and Lauren. Also, Locke learns of Donald's coat-selling business, where the coat zipper horizontal, the coat, the coat's zipper goes up horizontally rather than vertically. Later that night, Paul arrives back at Locke's apartment and informs him they traced a bullet, and it belongs to a gun purchased by a famous poker player, Logan Antergaard. So Locke and Paul go to the soft pop casino the next day, as opposed to the hard rock casino. <laughs> they buy into a high-stakes poker game and meet Antergaard. Locke beats him in a big hand, which pisses him off. A brush begins... Wait. Yeah, a brush. Uh, a brush brings some written notes from a mystery person threatening Locke's life. Locke locates the mystery man and follows him outside. But man gets the drop on Locke because there are actually two men who throw him in a van and take him away. Locke is tied up by a couple of twins, Simon and Byman. They claim to work for the CIA. They say that a CIA facility in Bora Bora was infiltrated. So they put every government secret on some microfilm and hid it in the Gold Hawk in the Kenneth Heights Museum. Now that it was stolen, they needed to hurry to retrieve it. They believe it was taken by a criminal organization known as Smush, super Smush. menacing underground society. Ha! Yeah. The leader of the organization, named Le Chef, is going to hold a high-stakes poker game with some of the most ruthless people to basically make a ton of money. They want Locke to help them because he's a good poker player, and so was his father before his untimely passing, but Locke refuses and leaves. Later that night, Locke gets a visit from Lauren, the she-devil. She begs him to help because she's too, she is too working for the CIA. Locke is shocked and unable to comprehend what exactly is happening, so Lauren and Locke go out to eat and then rekindle their relationship by going on a whale-watching tour in the middle of Gander Lake. See, Locke proposed to Lauren years ago on a whale-watching tour, and yes, it's snowing, and yes, it's a lake, so there's no salt water, but an escaped orca actually lives there anyway. After their lovely time whale-watching, Locke agrees to help. Lauren fills him in with more details, like how Donald was just a cover-up and that she's trying to dismantle Smoosh for years. Smoosh or Smush? Smush. Yeah. <laughs> I said Smush the first time, and you corrected me. No, you said... I don't know what smoush. you said. Smoush. Smoush. 
The same for Simon and Byman. Lauren heads leads Locke to a old motel where Simon and Byman are waiting out. They discuss how they'll get Locke into the poker game. They're going to arrest Jerry Flynn, who's the poker player from the Canadian mob known as the Mantis Mugs. They plan to arrest him on some bogus charges, but while they stake out his place, Lauren gets an urgent call from Simon and has to leave. Locke stays and waits, but he has but he does, but as he does, he notices a crop dusting plane getting awfully close and chase and a chase ensues as the pilot tries to gun down Locke. Using one of Donald's coats, Locke foils the pilot's plans by jamming the propeller, which causes the plane to crash. Locke is rescued by Paul, who is with Bettany on her farm. Bethany, not Bettany. I keep seeing Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany, <laughs> yeah, the vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> TV's the vision. Yeah. Locke is rescued by TV's Paul Bettany. <laughs> yeah, not even vision. Just yeah, right. the actor. After the attack, Locke figures Lawrence set him up with the help of, of Simon because Byman was killed in a shootout. Simon believes that Lauren's contacts set them up, but after tracking down Lauren, they find her meeting with Andrew Wiseman. Locke is livid, but Lauren explains that Donald's been captured and she didn't realize Simon, Byman, and Locke were in any danger. She was just worried about Donald because Donald is really a love interest. He, too, worked for the CIA. Lauren lied about that, realizing Locke may not want to help if Donald was involved. And she's really in love with him. Aww. And they make out. I'm just kidding. Maybe. Hurt, Locke continues to help. They decide to pay a visit to Donald's old partner in Lauren's contact, Dick Matheson. Arthur ends up tagging along, too, because he's tired of being out of the loop. So they meet with Dick, share some information, but find out he wasn't involved in the setup. Instead, they all get attacked by a bunch of henchmen, and a huge action scene ensues. Simon dies, but the rest of them get away. They devise a plan with the hell of a with the help of Captain Hiltz, not the, the hell, hell of him, of Captain Hiltz, and the chief of police, Tracy Mills, to tell reporters both Lauren and Locke died in the shootout. This buys them some time. Meanwhile, Joy and Edith learn of this upsetting news and both want to take over the PI business, and Paul, unaware of anything ever, chases Bethany to Pennsylvania to find out that her Amish family has some greedy corporate dudes trying to run them off their land. Back at a cheap motel, Dick, Locke, and Lauren go ahead with their plan. Locke is to infiltrate the Canadian organization, the Mantis Mugs. Locke sets up with a mole named Jacob, who's been pretending to be a Mantis Mug for a long time. Jacob gets Locke into see the into into in space to <laughs> see the head of the organization, Mr. Lynx. But before he does, Locke has to pass a Canadian test. He has to act like he's truly Canadian. They infiltrate the organization and Mr. Lynx lets Locke under the pseudonym Roger Thornhill play poker for the Mantis Mugs. But where, but where is the high stakes poker game taking place in international waters? But which international waters? Turns out the center of Gander Lake is considered international waters. So after two weeks of practicing poker, Locke is ready to take Smush down. Locke and Jacob board the luxury yacht along with bad guys from several other criminal organizations. Le Chef presents the Gold Hawk. But Smush also has a double agent in the game, hoping to keep all the money from the buy-ins and also win the tournament. But things don't go well as Locke after a bit of trouble, ends up ultimately winning against all the other players. But things go awry when Locke gets the hawk. A huge shootout commences between all the criminals and Locke and Jacob barely escape. 
with the help of Arthur and Edith and Joey, who arrive on a speedboat. They all chase Le Chef and double agent named John Roby. Locke gets shot by an unknown man, but the orca whale appears and crushes Le Chef. Locke believes Dick is still the culprit and has him arrested. Later at the hospital, Locke learns Le Chef actually escaped, and Dick doesn't seem like the person that set him and Byman up, him, Simon, and Byman up. After a few words with Jacob and Lauren, Lauren starts acting fishy and disappears. She stole the microfilm from Jacob. Locke and Jacob tracked her to the alley where she met Wiseman before, but she's been shot. She dies, claiming she always loved Locke. Locke and Jacob catch up to Wiseman, no thanks to fucking Barry, who is now a taxi driver. They find Wiseman and Le Chef together along with Donald, who double-crossed Lauren. His kidnapping is a lie. But before they can all escape, Arthur appears to the, with the police and all the bad guys are arrested. Locke gets the gold hawk, the CIA gets the microfilm, and Arthur is now Locke's best friend. Or bestie, as he likes to call it. Locke returns the gold hawk to the museum and claims his money and vase. He doesn't smash the vase, finding sympathy for Lauren. He ends up setting it up at his place while he drinks some whiskey and listens to some old jazz records. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Woo. That was a lot, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one. was the first time Jack's even seen this synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I still loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I typed it up real fast, so I'm sure there was like, some punctua- <laughs> punctuation errors and uh, grammatical mm-hmm. errors and stuff. But otherwise, you know, that's basically all of season three, which season three was a longer season than previous seasons. It was 15 episodes rather rather than the normal 12. Yeah. And I will say, does it seem a little confusing at times? Yeah, probably. Yeah, for sure. Because I, <laughs> I, I had a real, real trouble writing the last like five episodes. If you listen to it uh, episodically, though, it's probably less confusing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that d- definitely does help. But I do feel like out of all the seasons so far, I mean, there's only three seasons, but I feel like this one's the most, like, uh, like the most involved. Yeah. Like, there's more, like, all the characters involved. There's more characters introduced. There's a lot going on. Um, there seem to be higher stakes than everything else in this one as well. Okay, so I, I have some, like, notes here. We'll go over some of this stuff. But I was going to say that... With previous seasons, I obviously used a lot of old film noir movies to be like kind of like the the starting point for like yeah. whatever the, the story was going to be, uh, especially season two, which was definitely definitely a Sunset Boulevard kind of spoof. Um, but this season was more of a James Bond thing, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I just like James Bond, and the earlier James Bonds are very spyish, so I kind of wanted that kind of thing and I'm a huge fan of Casino Royale. I was going to just about to ask. This was a Casino Royale one, right? Yeah, so there are some like nods to the old James Bond too, but like the main poker game thing, like that and Lauren being the double crosser and stuff is very uh Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. Like I knew that that was going to be the thing. The, the double crosser getting double crossed. Yeah, yeah. Be- because spoiler for Casino Royale, that happens with Eva Green's character with Daniel Craig. She she loved Daniel Craig who was Bond, and, but she also loved this other guy, and that's why she was stealing the money mm-hmm. from the poker game because this other guy was captured and, and held up and stuff. So um, uh, I kind of wanted a similar thing with that. Plus, I felt like it would play well with him hating the She-Devil and then, like, end up helping the She-Devil and still thinking that she's evil, but she really wasn't. She was doing that because she loved Donald so much, too. Yeah. So it was she was just very, like, torn. Not so to mention, cool. you you are a poker dealer in real life. Yeah, so I also wanted to, because in uh, season two, there's a 
an action scene that takes place in the finale that takes place in um projection booth like in a in a movie theater and that was my job previously so i was like this one i should do like a poker thing because i know a decent amount of poker but i also if you listen to the poker game i wouldn't say that that's how poker really goes down like calling with a seven six suited is not usually something somebody would do but uh i was trying to make it somewhat simplified but also kind of like goofy at the same time but uh for the most part it's all like pretty accurate poker wise and uh the guy who edited for us dylan whitehead who did a really good job with the finale he um he was asking me like so i put out the flop like we need to hear a sound effect of the flop and then like one for the turn and then one for the river right i'm like yep so like we set it up so when you're listening to it it sounds like a real poker game too so um kudos to all of our editors you included so i edited some episodes uh, Isa Yazdezade, who edited a bunch of stuff for us back yeah. in the day, like he 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 did a few of these. Um, I'm trying to think, Joseph Harmon, I think did episode fourteen, and then Dylan Whitehead uh, did at least the finale, which was like a long and, time. Hundred this one pages. This one took us because of our busy lives and schedules and things that we've got going on. It took us three different sessions to record just the finale. Yeah, just locks. And character. sometimes that I felt like we should have just taken a day and dedicated to doing it all right then because the tone I, I didn't want sometimes, it to sound yeah. different I think from overall, one session to the next. I I think the only thing with that is sometimes maybe like the room tones a little bit off so then like yeah. maybe you're a little bit louder one day or or not or if like anybody adjusts sure. your volumes. But other than that, I think it sounded okay and I listened to that finale like three different times as Dylan would send me like the episode again and again as we did like more and more revisions. Yeah. So I listened to it a lot and for the most part I think it sounds really good and that finale had a ton of characters too. Yes, it did. Ton of characters, ton of action which is yeah. just hard to make sound authentic for so long. So I thought it was great. I just think it's like I was worried that it might be a little too convoluted, like overall. Mm-hmm. But most people who've listened to the finale now, who've commented on our Facebook page or on Twitter and stuff, said that they really liked it. One guy, I, I didn't post. Somebody else posted about uh, the episode coming out, and I saw the comment on there on their post saying uh, that it was their favorite episode yet. Yeah, so that's really cool. That was that was really cool. Uh, big shout out to the Seven Lamb community. You guys are freaking amazing. Yeah. Anytime we're like, oh man, we're tired, just go there. And it's just like, yeah, you know what? Let's just, let's do one more. And I remember, I think I was talking to you because I wrote most of this over the COVID times. Mm-hmm. Like I had like probably eight episodes done, but I wrote the last like seven episodes over my month break from my job being closed down because of COVID. Yeah. And I remember I was trying to get it all f- to fit into 12 episodes, but then by the time I got to page 200, I was like, there's no way I'm doing a 200-page finale. I just kept telling you, you know what, dude? Just spread it out. Just <laughs> yeah. keep going. Let's do another episode. <laughs> so it ended up being 15, which I think 15 was good. Like, that's solid. I don't know if we'll go back to 12 next season or, or whatnot, but I also wanted to try to get – I tried to get all the past characters to return too. The only one missing was Vendel, which is your Russian yeah, dude. Which is me as a Russian. Right. So he was the only one who didn't come back because he was in season two. 
Barry came back, but just for the finale. Oh, Barry. And everybody loves Barry. I obviously. love Justin, who plays Barry. And, like, it's so weird to hate Barry so much, right. but love Justin so much at the same time. But now he's he's away. Yeah. He's living up north. So. We, don't, we don't know if he's returning. We'll see if, if he comes we'll, back for season four. We will definitely four. try our darndest to get Barry back in here, though. Right. Yeah. I just, I was like. Don't, tr- don't try to get me in trouble. It's almost like Justin. an Easter egg, right? Like when when Barry shows up. I mean, yeah, I like it because he always knows. has like a new like a new job too, and then uh, Locke. Locke's always trying to get him fired. Locke gets him fired. Yeah, like always trying to. The other thing uh, that's very James Bondish of this uh, is the fact that I noticed in season one there's Angela Diamond, and season two there was uh, Jane, and then in in this one it was Lauren the She Devil, and. Uh, I just like the idea of having like a different female lead every uh, season because yeah. that was very James Bondish. Granted, uh, Lauren was a uh, ex, but still, I, I liked having her. She was the she devil, and he didn't. I knew he Lauren, wasn't going to break God the vase either. Yeah, that was kind of symbolic because he has kind of a love hate with Lauren the whole time. Yeah, and I think when he like learned that she wasn't as bad as like he he thought well Locke's not a monster no but I also liked that I like changed Edith that was kind of like a last minute thing I was like you know what let's have Edith like her too just to really drive that it makes home it, that, that Locke yeah. is so like why why does everybody like her yeah and, and, and Locke feels like he's on an island the only one that hates her yeah right <laughs> uh, I'm trying to look at through my notes and see um obviously there are some uh nods to Maltese Falcon I mean, the Gold Hawk is a straight up mm-hmm. title uh, uh, of that uh, spoof, and then North by Northwest with the plane chase, the crop dusting plane is directly spoofing uh, North by Northwest. And I have the Cary Grant aliases. Every uh, character that was using an alias, a Cary Grant alias, are like real Cary Grant, Car- Cary Grant character names from different movies. Roger Thornhill uh, was the pseudonym for. Um, Locke, and that's from North by Northwest. He was named Roger O. Thornhill. Nice. Um, just because I like old movies. You don't say. Every once in a while. Every <laughs> once in a while. Uh, next uh, next season, we'll be doing uh, homages to Fast 9. <laughs> oh, my God. If we get to that point. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I did have to research a lot for uh, Canadian culture <laughs> because of Locke. And I, I really loved how you presented that to me. You're like, oh, uh, so you've got to be Canadian. And but like, it be wasn't like a Locke re- Canadian. Yeah, that's the hard part is you had to be Locke and Canadian. Yeah. Which, Which what, isn't like that. Well, Locke is like, it's just, just drop your voice a little bit and try to sound like Leslie Nielsen. Right. But. Doing Canadian on top a. of that was like, uh, eh? Luckily, it wasn't too much. There was only yeah. a couple scenes. But, uh, yeah, I remember, like, looking up, like, all these different things. Like, just trying to figure out how to make, like, when he takes that quiz and Jacob's, like, quizzing him on, like, Canadian culture. But it's all, like, goofy stuff. Uh, I yeah. still looked up a lot of things. And then, like, one of the uh, questions, he says, what do Canadians think of Americans? I actually went on YouTube and was like typing that, like, what yeah. do they think about us? Like, yeah. like, do they make fun of us? Like, what is it? So I like looked up that kind of stuff. It was, it was actually kind of hard to find anything. So that's nice. Well, Thank Canadians you. are they're they're really so nice. polite <laughs> and they're so nice. There's one video, I think it was like a college professor talking to somebody and they might've brought up like one or two things, but I don't remember what it was. And they have Ryan Reynolds. What, what do they need to be mad about? And, uh, Mike Myers. Yeah. There's so many good Canadian stars. Seth Rogen. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, that that was like a fun time researching that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, let me see what else we can talk about. Um, uh, uh, I will say that I tried to give a little bit more to Edith and Joey yeah. and a lot more to Arthur. Arthur actually became almost like a sidekick to you. Yeah, he did. He, he almost kind of replaced Paul a little bit. Yeah. Which, which is interesting because of the arc that Arthur's been on with uh, with Locke. They did, they haven't liked each other. And then I think at the end of the finale, Locke was like, yeah! So that was like a direct like um, spoof of Casablanca, where they walk away together, kind of talking like, this is the beginning to a beautiful friendship. Like that was kind of Locke and, and Arthur walking together that finally Locke gave in. It was like, fine, we can be friends. Um uh, but yeah, I I liked that arc for Arthur because he didn't really the last couple seasons like he had some stuff but not a ton and this one he got like a lot and Paul actually took a little bit of a backseat but that's because I'm setting something up for him mm-hmm. and uh, uh, either next season or maybe like a short story or something like that too so uh, he's got the whole Bethany I will say that the Bethany chronicles. Being, um, yeah, the Bethany Chronicles. Uh, the whole Amish thing yeah. is uh, also a spoof of the movie Witness with Harrison Ford. You oh, ever see that? Oh, very nice. No, I haven't <laughs> seen that one. It's a really good movie about an uh, uh, Amish boy who witnesses a murder, and uh, basically they go to the Amish town, and then the, the guys come to the town to try to like kill him kind of thing. And, nice. and that's actually what I'm kind of spoofing later on. Only it's Paul? So, oh, yeah, so it's like God. Paul is like, well... Bethany's going through it where like these people are trying to push these Amish people out and stuff, but it's going to be a very like Paul is going to try to help her kind of mm. thing. Um, the epilogue's out too, so that gave a little bit of uh, uh, um, where you could see like Paul actually reconvenes with Locke and the rest of them. So yeah, uh, so everybody's kind of together right now. I'm debating about what the next short story is going to be. I'm definitely going to do a short story before season four. I haven't. I I know. I'm going to do a Joey short story, but I think I'm also going to do one more and I'm not sure what I do have one idea, but I don't want to spoil it. I'll yeah. Tell you later, but I, I'll tell you who people seem to love is Edith. Everyone Edith. seems to. Well, love I her. did one already for her. That's why I was trying yeah. to like, I'm pick just a saying different character, but well, and she'll probably be in Joey's for sure. So for that's sure. going to be a thing. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I wanted to, cause Edith got one, Paul and Arthur got one. Um, Somebody else too. Oh, Barry got one, but it got cut short right. because she <laughs> broke in there. I can't um, believe Locke would uh, come in, or or actually, it was me. And yeah, thing. Jack would come in and yeah. say that. Um, other I than like, that, I um, <laughs> I mean, I want to say thank you to all the people who voice characters too. Well, I like I went on Reddit and just tried to find like a bunch of people to play side characters and stuff, and I I met a lot of people through Reddit um, that like. They ended up being like really good, and yeah. I've cast them in other stuff too that are now like voice actors for End of All Hope and and Paralyzed and all the other stuff we do. So yeah, that was pretty cool. Like Corey uh, Pettit, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, she played the She Devil, and she's really good. I and, uh, really like her yeah. as an actress in all she's, the stuff that she's done, and she's she, playing uh, D in uh, the Stone House. She's Delilah, so oh she's like gosh. two main characters. Corey, you're awesome. awesome. She uh. There was one part at the very end where she's like, the she devil is kind of like imitating Newman from Jurassic Park, where she's acting all nervous and yeah. she's trying to get out of the hospital so Locke and Jacob don't know. And uh, I, I 
put that in there and he says it was like a Jurassic Park thing like she's acting like Newman from Jurassic Park <laughs> and uh I told that to Corey and she's like oh yeah no I knew that it was exactly like that scene she's like I knew that right when I was saying it so I was like okay cool so you know you're a Jurassic Park fan too yeah for sure this is not just film noir we throw in a lot of stuff a lot of different uh nods I will say my favorite scene was the restaurant the fast food restaurant where you kept reading it and you were like, this is a Whopper. Like you were describing the meal. Yeah. But it, and it would be like the exact ingredients of like a Whopper. Yeah. But it's Sesame called the Whopper or yeah. something. Yeah. You're like, this is a Whopper. And they're like, no, sir. This is a very fancy class restaurant. Sir, it's this the is Whopper. a high class. This is clearly a Whopper. <laughs> you're a Whopper. And then you're just like, and I'll take the McRib. Yeah. Like there's like a bunch of different things. I had to look up the different ingredients for different um Fast food items just to make it sound authentic. This has benzodiazotrate. Ah, <laughs> yeah, what the hell? This is a <laughs> uh, and then the last thing I will mention uh, is that there's a color scheme going for some reason. The first season was the silver casket. Season two was the red letter. Oh yeah, and this season is the three gold is the gold hawk. So uh, I don't know why that stuck, but I think I'm and just gonna keep it going. Somewhat metallic, you know, yeah. Gold, hawk, I mean, silver, silver, red, gold. The red's the only one that's not there. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know what'll be the next color. I don't know what the next case is gonna be, but maybe I'll uh, try to include some kind of color to it. Uh, oh. But yeah, I don't know why that stuck, and I just decided to keep going with it. You know what it could be? What? It's because they're going after Le Chef, and you've got the medals, and it could be Iron Chef. Iron Chef. <laughs> Iron Chef. That'd be pretty Iron cool. Chef. The Iron Chef. Uh, yeah, Le Chef was obviously Le Chief. Yeah. From yeah. Casino Royale. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but still, Le Chef. Being, I know, no, yeah. I know. But it's just funny that it's his name. I just, yeah, Le Chef. I'll show myself out. <sighs> no, stay, man. We're almost <laughs> done. Uh, other than that, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, like, we covered most of the stuff, most of the inspirations for, uh, this season it was a fun one to work on it's been releasing for a while uh this has become kind of one of our staple shows though i mean it's definitely like in our top five paralyzed uh, end of all hope uh tower four tower four this one and then this one yeah stories up there too yeah those, it's, those it's, five are like our solid yeah ones that like but then there's cop doctors Cop Doctors is a. Yeah, there was actually a nod to Cop Doctors Forget in I said this that. episode. Let's cut that out. Yeah. I think you said just in case, and then they're like just in case, and you're like, oh, sorry, I was just mentioning yeah, yeah, a character yeah. to another yeah, stupid yeah. sitcom or something. I think like that. I did say mentioning a character in another audio drama. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. I even said yeah. audio drama as yeah. I like to break the fourth wall every once in a while. Me too. So it's fun. Huh. Uh, I hope this isn't the end of all hope. Oh my god! Releasing on so uh, we gotta get out of here. I'm feeling paralyzed. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. What sense. a great story podcast! <laughs> Do you like my stone house? Yeah, <laughs> it's concrete actually. Yeah. Uh, okay. okay. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I guess that does it for uh, this episode. This recap episode. Um, there's a lot to this episode, or a lot to this season. We hope that it wasn't too convoluted, and that you enjoyed it, and we hope that you enjoyed the finale because it was super yes. long and it took us hours and hours to edit. Also, Amber Simpson. I don't think I mentioned her. She edited all Ombre the voices. Simpson. All the voices for season, uh, or for the last episode, the season finale. Is that why she cries every time I talk to her? Yeah, because it was my like, voice again. It was like, like, oh god. Well, it was also like 35 characters so um thank you amber all of our editors all of our actors all of our community out there we love you it's a we are the reason we're still doing this clearly and uh yeah if you want to like make sure to follow us we're on facebook instagram and twitter if you're not already following us go uh seven lamb podcast on facebook instagram and twitter and then if you want to help us out 
uh, little as a dollar a month on Patreon goes a long way for us. I mean, there are other tiers, but you can go to patreon.com slash seven lamb, the number seven L-A-M-B. And you can donate as little as a dollar a month. But uh, yeah, we have several tiers of bonus content. And we have, I think, for Atlas Avenue Beat right now, uh, season one and season two bloopers, yep. which uh, I'll probably start editing a season three bloopers since it's oh, out Oh, dear now. Lord. That's yeah, not, that's going to take a while. be a good one. Um, we also have some merchandise. If you are looking to represent uh, us or our, one of our your favorite podcasts of ours, uh, you can go to www.7lamb. That's the number seven, L-A-M-B dot threadless.com yep. that's www.7lamb.threadless.com yep so check awesome. us out or yeah. just message us and be like what's up and we'll be like hey, hey we, and you'll be like just chilling we'll be like so are we we have the seven lamb productions uh group or whatever yeah. on facebook so if you ask to join that i think you have to ask and we approve it but once you're in you know we just uh we post little teasers on there and uh questions and yep. all kinds of fun stuff pictures so uh, definitely uh, join that too. Yeah. And we've been trying to get better with um, posting a release schedule every month. It's always tentative because we have so many projects going. So we never know for sure when something's going to release. But uh, for the most part, we're, we stick to it. And uh, so if you want to go to Facebook, you can uh, see what's next up for Atlas and all of our other shows. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jack, I appreciate you joining me for this it's and my pleasure reading that huge synopsis it's all good man i loved it i yeah. would yeah. that was now, your favorite right. thing yeah of all that you've done so, so far. <laughs> let's start the recap episode to yeah. the recap okay so if you remember we introduced ourselves right first and foremost right out of the gate then we ran a synopsis and then i talked about the show yeah the end This has been a Seven Lamb production.